All right, hello and good morning, everyone. I said good morning, everyone. All right. Why don't you guys stand with us this morning? We're going to kick into a little worship. Um, we're going to try a couple new songs this morning that uh, might have you tapping your toes a bit, I hope, or clapping. Um, if you are not feeling it and you need coffee, I believe there's probably still some in the back. So let's get it going. Lift you high, lift 
someone next to you and say good morning.
he's done for us. The fountain I drink from, oh, he is my son. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, he is my son. You're good.
life so we could be free. Amen, right? We're going to transition into a time of communion so we could have our ushers come forward to help distribute the elements. Communion is uh, one of two sacraments we acknowledge in the Church of the Nazarene. Um, with the obvious symbolism, the power of what that is, as well as Jesus instructed us to do this. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He told us to do this. We're going to take the elements here in a little bit. Um, you don't have to be a member of our church or denomination to take these. We just ask that you recognize of what it represents. Just They're just symbols, but they represent an event, the greatest in history. Amen. cross for us to set us free and these elements represent that so take that seriously as as they distribute the elements please be be mindful of what that means for you what that represents in your own life if you recognize that please take it freely with us um, once you receive the juice and the bread hold on to it we're going to take it together Please feel free to help your children as we pass these juices.
just meditate on him. there. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. He thanked his father and, and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup this is my blood spilled out for you, sign of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that there exists a gift as big as this. Broken body and spilled blood for us someone who was perfect, knew no sin. We thank you for what this represents. Because of this, we are free. There's grace. There's mercy for all of us here that don't deserve it. Thank you for the gift of your son, Lord. In living, he showed us how to live. In death, he showed us grace. Because of your power, he was resurrected. We thank you, Lord, for this incredible gift. Let us be people that show this love, that show this light, that is evident through Jesus Christ and how he lived, how he loved, and how he died for us. Let it change us as we symbolically took the symbols inside of us, let us take that truth, that grace inside of us this week as we go out. We know the church is not a building. The church is a people. Let us be ambassadors of your grace and light that is so evident through the symbols, the symbols that, that represent you. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray.
Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He Lord Jesus, we honor you today for who you are, the King of glory, the creator of all things, sustainer of all things, sustaining us now even in this moment. We glorify you for who you are, Messiah, he who died for us, he who laid down his life for us. While we were still sinners, you made this choice. While we were in unbelief and in darkness, you shed your blood once and for all. That we would have opportunity to come into relationship with you, be saved, born again, made new, transformed, redeemed. All of these terms are the results of your shed blood on the cross. And we honor you today for who you are and what you have done. You paid it all. Our lives are being lived out for you as a thank offering. This is your space. We are your people called by your name. We open up our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you want to say to us today, whatever it is you want to accomplish in us or even through us today. We park ourselves in, in your presence. We open up your word. We dig. We dig today. We, we're, we come hungry wanting to feed on what you have for us today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray and everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, I want to invite our ushers once again to come up as we prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. like to remind us today if you like to do your participation electronically we have electronic options here for our giving and we want to invite our kids to come up here and put your offerings in your jar glad to have our kids with us here this morning and miss mckenzie has your your folders ready for you if you want to come over right on over here and she's got some great stuff prepared for you today while all that's happening i'd like to 
talk to us about an event that's coming up in just a couple of weeks, September the 8th, Sunday, September the 8th, and I believe that we have a video announcement we'd like to show you about that. September the 8th is a Don't Miss Sunday. We've invited all of our first responders and their vehicles to join us that morning. Also that day, we're going to be promoting our kids to their next grade levels and highlighting all of our fall programming. We're inviting everyone to hang around after the morning service for a barbecue. It gives you time to interact with our first responders and all of our small group leaders. See you then. Okay, so it's a Don't Miss Sunday. We want to do really well at honoring our first responders, so I do hope that you will plan on joining us for that. Uh, make that an event that you're not going to miss. Uh, we're going to enjoy hanging out together. Our first responders will be here. We've got gifts for them, and then they are bringing their trucks. We've invited all four departments, the sheriff, the police, the fire, and the ambulance crew. They're going to come here with their trucks, so the kids are going to have fun. Um, hanging out and playing on the trucks and stuff like that, and we'll have that barbecue following the morning service together. So plan on that, okay? And if we could pull those lights up, I've got a special child I'd like to invite up here, and I'd like for Miss Victoria to come on up, and I suppose she can bring her mom and dad and, and family along with her. We've got a beautiful baby that's here this morning that we're going to dedicate to the Lord. come all the way up here on that stage. That would be great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. We want to be able to take a beautiful look at this beautiful little girl. I'm going to hand the microphone off to Barbara. Barbara, would you just introduce this family to us and just maybe a little bit backstory so we, we know who well, I'd like to introduce you to Madeline, the mother here, and little Victoria, who's only six weeks old. She joins us this last year from Ghana, Africa, and joining her brother and his family, Charles and Samantha DeSue, and the children, Paige, Emma, and Jonathan. Um, we had the privilege this last year of all being new neighbors at the same time, because within about six months, we all moved into next door to each other. So even though they're far from family, we've all become good friends and like family. So when Victoria was born, uh, Madeline was hoping she could have her baby dedicated here. So that's why we get the privilege of being here today. Awesome. Isn't it great having them here? Will you welcome them? <laughs> then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus rebuked the disciples, saying this, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In presenting this child for dedication, you signify not only your faith in Christ, 
but also your desire that she may early know and follow the will of God, that she may live and die a Christian and come into everlasting blessedness and eternity in heaven. In order to attain this, it will be your duty to teach her early the fear of the Lord, to watch over her education that she be not led astray, and to direct her youthful mind to the Holy Scriptures and her feet to the sanctuary to into the body of Christ, to restrain her from as best as you can from evil associates and habits, and as much as in you lies to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you will endeavor to do so by the help of God, will you just answer, I will? I'm going to talk to you, congregation. Will you commit yourselves as the body of Christ to support and encourage her and her husband who, uh, where, where is he right now? He's, yeah, yeah, he couldn't make it today, but yeah. So, and encourage them as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to this little girl and also by nurturing her growth towards spiritual maturity. If so, will you answer, we will. Amen. I know we call this a baby dedication, and I, and I get why we do that, because it's, it's just so much fun to focus in on the baby. But the truth is, this is really a parent dedication, isn't it? Because she's making a declaration today on behalf of her husband as well, that she's going to raise this little girl in the love and the fear of the Lord. I want to pray over you. If you'll just hang on to her, I just want to lay my hand on her. Church family, will you join us in prayer together? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this beautiful gift, this beautiful baby girl, Victoria. And we lift her to you now, asking that you will surround her with your presence, that she will only know your presence in her life, never knowing any differently from that. I pray for mom and dad that you will empower them and equip them to raise her up the way that you desire for her to be raised that they will nurture her, strengthen care, comfort her, guard her, and teach her your ways, your truth, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. That very soon, at a, at a young age, she will come to know you as her Lord and Savior. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for this beautiful gift. May we as a church family uh, be empowered by you as well to come around and and bring whatever help and support and comfort and nurturing to this family that we can as well. May we be the hands and feet of Jesus to them all. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Before you leave, I just have a couple of gifts for you that just represent oh, the nurturing aspect of who you are as mom. I'll just hang this to you. And then her, a Bible. Um, just representing the importance of, of raising her up in the truth of God's word. And then a certificate representing a blessed event of this day. Let's give them a hand. That is fun. I do that every Sunday if we could. So if you've had a baby recently, hey, let's. Let's keep having some fun with that. I love celebrating that and dedicating these babies. Okay, let's let's dig into the word a little bit. I want to invite you 
to the book of Malachi. Book of Malachi, it's going to be the very last book in the Old Testament. This is the last prophet. And so basically we're going to start uh, next week making a transition into the Old Testament. Malachi was the last prophet. Now this is a pretty amazing thing when you consider that between Malachi and Jesus arriving on earth is about 400 years. 400 years of, of space and time where, where the voice of God does not come directly through a person, a prophet or, or a priest or a king. Um, we have 400 years span between Malachi and Jesus. Malachi shows up while reconstruction of, of the walls are still happening, which means that the reconstruction of the temple has already taken place. So we're moving out of the exile period. We're at the end of the exile period, and the, the temple has been put back together, and worship has been taking place inside of the temple for a while, about a generation, and Nehemiah is the one that's overseeing the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, and this is the phase where Malachi shows up on the scene. And just as uh, is with most of the prophets, as, as you read through prophets, you'll see that the words that are, that are coming through Malachi are very direct, pointing, and, 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 and kind of um, a little bit harsh. Already we are having trouble in paradise. They were taken into exile because of sin. The Lord has been bringing them back around into, into this location where, where worship is taking place again in the temple. But we got major sin issues that are showing up inside of the scene again. And these are the words that come through Malachi. Now Malachi is four pretty short chapters. And so that we can really catch the vibe of what it's like to dig through the prophets, I want to read the whole book, okay? It's not going to take as long as you think, I promise. But it'll really allow us to experience the vibe that we get through all of the prophets. So right, starting right at chapter 1, verse 1, a prophecy. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will re rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a, a people always under the wrath of the Lord, you will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown you contempt? By offering defiled food on my altar. How have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. 
would you would he be pleased with you would he accept you now plead with god to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands will he accept you says the lord almighty oh that one of one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar i am not pleased with you and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying, the Lord's table is defiled, and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands? Cursed is the chief who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished one. For I am a great king, and my name is to be feared among the nations. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you don't listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, I will send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I've already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices and you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I, I gave them to him. This called for reverence and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Isn't this sounding great? Do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship a foreign god. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Another thing you do. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them, accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? Because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. So be on your guard 
and do not be unfaithful. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him? All who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or where is the God of justice? I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he would be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to you and put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of, of justice, who do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Well, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Well, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prepare pests. I will pre uh, prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field and will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Well, what have we said against you? You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, said the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And in conclusion, surely the day is coming, and it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and evildoer will, will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. You will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act. Remember, 
the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb, Mount Sinai, for all Israel. You see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord coming. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Man, what a what a what a great way! Like I don't know if, if you like to just read those kinds of words to start the day, just to get your day going, you know, positive, positive vibes going here, right? Not so much. But these words were were necessary to what was happening. Even after coming out of exile, getting getting back into uh, this this regular life where where they're they're worshiping in the temple again yet all of this stuff starts happening almost immediately like they just they just can't get it they just can't figure out that if they would just do things the right way if they would just do things god's way he wants to bless them he doesn't want to curse them he doesn't want to have bad things happening to them that's not his will but he has to step in with his words through his prophets to try to get them to wake up and turn back to him and do things the right way. There are a couple of things that are highlighted for me in this. The first one is what he says to the priests. You guys are blowing it. You that should know better. You that are overseers, that, that, are, that are handling what's happening inside of the temple. How dare you offer blemished, lame, disease-ridden sacrifices to me? Honor me the way I should be honored. Worship me the way I should be worshipped. Man, uh... As I, as I was reading through that and just soaking in that and internalizing that, I, I just I kept saying to myself, am, am I giving God my best or if I, am I giving him the rest? Am I giving God my best or is he getting the leftovers? I just, I, I had to keep asking myself that question as I'm, as I'm processing who I am, as I'm processing what I do, how I live my life. Is my worship looking like the leftovers? Is my, is my worship looking like more like the disease-ridden animals as opposed to am I, am I stepping for, am I coming before him with my best. Uh, I remind us. We are God's temple. This space right here. Our bodies are to be living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable to the Lord. For this. This is our act of worship here. 
conforming no longer to the patterns of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Am I, am I giving God my best? Or is he just kind of getting the rest? And I just, I, I lay that question before you now, asking you to consider it. Self-assess. Think, think through what life is looking like. allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything that he would like to reveal to you about about this area. The other thing that comes through here is when God's talking about being robbed. I, I get lots of questions about tithing and about giving. And they're, they're pretty, they're, they're fair questions. First of all, tithe, um, that word simply means, literally means 10%, okay? In case you're wondering what that word means. So that's that's where we get the concept of, of bringing 10%. Again, we're, we're tying it to this, this other piece, get, giving God our best. One of the questions I get is, well, okay, do I tithe on net or do I tithe on gross? I, I'm not going to split hairs there, okay? I'm going to let you and the Holy Spirit talk through that. But I think that if you've already answered the question, am I coming to God with my best, I think the answer will, will show up there. They were, they were not bringing in to the temple, into the storehouse, what they were supposed to be bringing in. And then when they show up with their sacrifices, they're not bringing in what they're supposed to be bringing in. So they're just, even though all of this has been reinstated and, and, and rebuilt and things are, go, they, they are they're sinning over and over and over again against God and, and, and not worshiping him the way that they were and are supposed to. Practicing tithing church is should just be a, a a foundational piece of who we are as believers really it's it's a launching point it's a, it's a beginning point uh, i've had people come up to me well well tithing is an old testament concept and yes that's true if you if you want to be um functioning with new testament giving principles uh, you can go to Acts chapter 3 and 4 and see how they brought everything in and laid it at the disciples' feet for them to do whatever they wanted with. They sold everything and gave everything. Who's in? <laughs> okay, yeah. The New Testament concepts flow out of the foundation of the Old Testament. When I was in uh, Africa uh, just a couple months ago, I, I realized as, as I'm teaching these pastors, some of them who were teaching out of the Old Testament were completely stuck in the Old Testament. Understand something. When we come into the Old Testament and, and, and dig in it, there has to be the lens of the cross in place at all times. We dig into the word through the lens of the cross. 
Old Testament for sure. New Testament is a result of everything on this side of the cross. If we have the cross right in the middle right here, everything on this side of the cross is a result of the cross. The New Testament is given to us as a result of what Jesus did on the cross. Everything prior to the cross is funneled through the lens of the cross. So yes, when we talk about a tithe, that is an Old Testament concept, but it's a foundational thing. Understand the New Testament doesn't even happen without the foundation of the Old Testament. Everything about what we understand and and how we honor God and worship Him flows directly out of what was already in place. He's saying Jesus paid it all, and He did, but Jesus fulfilled it all. It means that on this side of the cross, we're not, I didn't, you didn't have to bring in an unblemished bull to offer sacrifice so that we could worship together today. We don't have blood spilt on the ground and splattered on the walls of this place from sacrificing animals. We don't do that anymore. Because he did this. Right? When it comes to when it comes to our stuff, okay? When it, when it comes to management of our stuff, it's and especially our, our finances, there are biblical principles that are in place to help us to do that. And, and the promises are the same. God wants to bless us. And in fact, what did he say here? He said, test me in this. Test me. Test me in this and, 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 and see that I will, I will pour out such blessings in your life that you couldn't build barns big enough to store them. Now, they understand that concept. They, they think harvesting and wheat and grain and stuff like that. We're not necessarily thinking that way today. But think, imagine the blessings that God would love to bring into your life. If we're functioning with foundational principles in place. And ultimately, this, this, is, this is a matter of trust. Bringing in our tithes and our offerings and laying them down at the feet of Jesus is, is, is a matter of trust. My wife and I have constantly had tithing as a part of our equation. We don't miss. We never have. And we never will. No matter how hard finances get for us and believe me there are times when finances are very hard for us but we will not withhold bringing him our best our first the 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 first 10 percent goes to him because if we don't trust him this way what are we doing if 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 my life isn't reflecting real trust in him then, then who am i and I'm not even talking about as a pastor, but as a believer. I, I want God's blessing. And I, and I know that sometimes when, I'm, when I've got the pencil at the paper and I'm trying to make all the numbers add up, sometimes they just don't. But we, in our faithfulness of bringing our tithes to him, somehow it all shakes out and we all eat. Our children are clothed. And are generally pretty happy, right? Yeah, okay. 
He's taking care of us. Why? Because he's a loving father and he wants to bless us. And he wants, he wants our example to shine. It'll, it'll fan into flame, encourage others to do the same. I've, I've been asked as well, um, what about other nonprofits? Because, um, you know, sometimes people will take their 10% and, and they'll send a, a percentage over to uh, choices or they'll send a, a percentage over to focus on the family. They'll send a percentage over to uh, sponsor a child with Compassion International. You name it. The list is long. I would tell you this, and, and, and according to what's being said in Malachi here, bringing it into the storehouse, the, that 10% should go straight into the church. If you talk to the directors of, of those other nonprofit agencies, they'll tell you what you bring to us should be over and above the tithe. So Sarah and I, 10% always goes to the church. If we're sponsoring a child, which we've done, if, if we're sponsoring missionaries, which we've done, sponsoring uh, Gambelli, Ethiopia, Choices, whatever it is, all of that is always over and above the 10%. And we do that because we simply know this, this foundational principle. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And you know what? If he says to test him in this, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. He gave me permission to. He gave me permission to, so I'm going to. And it's amazing to see what happens. And I do not pigeonhole God's blessings in my life to just dollars and cents. Because it's so much, there's so much more to the blessings of his life coming into us. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not tracking who gives and who doesn't give in here. I haven't been watching those numbers. What I do in the offering plate is, is private. What you do in the offering plate is private. I don't know these things. I know what God wants for you. Just what he wants for me. He wants to bless you. Maybe you've struggled to move into this arena. Maybe you've struggled to take this step into, into tithing. It's the foundational piece of, of being a believer in Jesus. I, I want to help you with that. So here's, here's my offer today. We're going we're gonna to pull up my phone number. So you can throw that up on the screen. I want to do something today, and, and I didn't get permission from our church board or our, our church treasurer. I don't know if he's here today or not, but uh, I'm, I'm going to do this anyways. Since God said, test me in this and, and see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow this test to come forth. And I'm going to call this the 90-day challenge. I didn't make this up. Hardly anything I say is made up. I just steal it from whoever I can steal it from. 90-day challenge. Here's the 90-day challenge. If, if you haven't been tithing, if you haven't been practicing tithing, I want to encourage you to pray about it and do so. And if at some point over this week, and you, you can text me now on my phone, or at some point you want to let me know that you want to take the 90-day challenge, here it is. 
tithe faithfully for 90 days, three months straight. If at the end of that 90 days, you don't see God's blessings being poured out in your life, come to me and I will give you a full refund. We will give you a full refund. I, I, th- this, is, th- this is just, I'm telling you, and I've done this m- many times before, and never one time has anybody ever asked for that. Now, maybe they were too afraid to, I don't know. No, I know why. Because God's word is true. And if he says, test me in this, I say, hey, let's go for it. Why not? And I want to encourage you to take this step. If you have not been able to take this step, I want to encourage you to do so. Let me know. I'll mark it down. So I'll, I'll be keeping track of, of who wants to participate in the 90-day challenge. And then let's have a conversation at the end of 90 days, and let's see what's happening in your life. Do I look crazy? Do I sound crazy? I just... I guess I'm just a, a man who believes God, and I believe in what he says. I believe in his promise, promises, and, and I believe he's faithful. I just believe that. I, I want to be a person that's bringing God my best, not just bringing him the rest, the leftovers. Man, Malachi, Malachi hits it hard, and he hits it direct, and then there's silence for 400 years as generation after generation after generation after generation are awaiting and anticipating Messiah. I love how he closes. I'm going to send a messenger that will go ahead of will go ahead of me. John the Baptist shows up on the scene. They they don't recognize him for who he is. But just as God is faithful to his word, sure enough, he sends that Elijah. For John the Baptist was the Elijah to come. We know that. Preparing the way of the Lord. We begin to make our turn now towards the New Testament. Jesus, we honor you, not just with our lips and praise, but we honor you with the way we live our lives. We, we read through this book today, and it was hard-hitting. And every word really mattered then, and, it, and it, every word matters now we we want to be people that that are doing life your way we are your temple now our bodies our hearts and our minds and we want to give you our best we know that includes how we how we are stewards of of the stuff that we have our 
our money, our, our possessions, our, our energy, our time. We want to trust you. And so for those of us that have, that have, that have been financially strained and have, and have really found it difficult to step into this, this faith area of, of, of tithing, of, of bringing the tithes into the storehouse, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will that you will move in their hearts and in their minds now as they're sorting through their, their numbers and they're, they're going to be putting the pencil to the paper and they're going to be wondering how in the world can this work. You whisper in their ears, test me, try me, let me show you I am God. May we be a people that fundamentally trust you, trust your way. May we be a people that long to do your good and pleasing and perfect will. And it's in Jesus' amazing and mighty name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Will you stand with me? I want to say a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May his countenance come upon you. May he fill you with his peace and his power this week. Have an amazing one. See you next Sunday. Sing God will never fail, will not fail me.